So when I was looking to transfer, it was um, a lot of one-on-one -on -one, and it didn't feel like I got lost in a huge university because I knew that if I came here, there was going to be someone I could talk to about every aspect of the courses I needed to take, but also too, I loved the smaller classroom sizes and I liked how interactive and immersive all of the learning was going to be. It wasn't just going to be me sitting in a room with a couple hundred people and a professor who didn't know my name. To find out more about transferring to William Peace University, visit peace.edu. WRL Sports' Chris Lee, also the co-host of the Panthers Playbook Podcast, which you can find everywhere podcasts can be found. I encourage you all to subscribe. It's not only uh, Chris Lee co-hosting the pod, but also our very own Dennis Cox. They do a great job breaking it down twice a week at minimum when it comes to the Panthers. Uh, Chris, thank you very much for, for joining the show. Uh, Absolutely, man. Thank you for having me. Here's here's where I want to start. You've been, and we've talked to you throughout, right, all the way back to camp, offseason. You've been kind of around this team. Is the vibe changing towards Bryce Young at all? Do, are you feeling diff, different eyeballs looking at him or at least different, you know, eyebrows maybe a little bit more furrowed? Um, not inside the facility. Uh, it really does feel like, you know, we, we had a chance to talk to Adam Thielen and also uh, Miles Sanders in the locker room yesterday. Both of them, um, without saying Bryce's name, said you can't point this to one person. This is a, a systemic issue. This is something that's going on with everybody. We need to uh, make sure that we are getting everything kind of put together. Um, and then also, uh, I think that a lot of folks who kind of are realizing what's going on and, and kind of have watched all the different games and, and see the difference in, in the play calling. They see that like uh, Andy Dalton had access to <laughs> a different part of the playbook than Bryce Young had um, when he started against the Seattle Seahawks. Bryce Young has the, the luxury of throwing all the tunnel screens and all the, you know, one through four on the route tree that he could possibly throw. Uh, but he, he's not being allowed to, to stretch the field right now. Uh, and he's not being supported by a run game. He's not being supported by, um, you know, an offensive line to help him. He's running for his life from Harrison Smith, who never had more than uh, two sacks in a game. And Harrison Smith had a career day yesterday against the Carolina Panthers. Their defense looked amazing. And the Vikings were 27th in defense coming, coming into the game. So, yeah, it's it's a problem that's there, but it's not on Bryce Young. Do, do you have any, any reason why they wouldn't trust Bryce? Because everything we heard about Bryce Young coming into the draft was he was this football savant, high football IQ genius yeah. all those words why would that guy not have access to the entire playbook so uh what it feels like is maybe potentially distrust from uh frank reich at this point i don't know if it's because of bryce Young's size i don't know if it's because uh bryce young is a rookie but uh, i had a chance to interview uh before the uh, nfl draft uh boomer Sison, who is a um a roommate of frank reich back in college and he said to us, and, and we played it right here on 99.9 Fan, that uh, Frank Reich likes his, his big quarterback between 6'2 and 6'5. That's what he wants. And we also know that the Carolina Panthers have had their eyes on Bryce Young for the last two years before Frank Reich was even considered part of his job when Frank Reich was still in Indianapolis. And that's who David Tepper, that's who Frank, I'm sorry, uh, David Tepper, that's who Scott Fitterer wanted uh, was Bryce Young. So, uh, you know, they had to convince uh, Frank Reich, that this was the guy. So along with Thomas Brown not being able to call plays, who's your offensive coordinator, uh, and Frank Reich is the one who's calling plays, it just feels like uh, he has some training wheels on Bryce Young right now uh, because maybe there's a little bit of distrust. We're talking Size, about I don't know. Rookie, I don't know. <laughs> we'll have to see. 
We're talking with Chris Lee, WRAL Sports co-host of the Panthers Playbook podcast. He's joining us on the Heaster Automotive Group Hotline. Do you get the feeling that they're going to kick the training wheels anytime soon, or are we just going to be looking at half the playbook for the foreseeable future? Uh, I think there needs to be maybe like a come-to-Jesus moment at some point uh, with Frank Reich. Uh, I don't know if that's the whole offensive staff. I don't know if that, you know, if it's uh, somebody like Jim Caldwell, who's a senior assistant, along with uh, uh, David Tepper and, and Scott Fitterer saying like, hey, um, Thomas Brown is from the L.A. Rams, came with Sean McVay uh, and learned under him. And they have a pretty creative offense. Our offense doesn't look creative at all right now. <laughs> and so maybe it's time to let Thomas Brown start calling the plays as an offensive coordinator. Um, you know, maybe that's what needs to happen. But we, we haven't, of course, heard from Scott Federer or David Tepper. Uh, I'm hearing that, uh, you know, that uh, David Tepper is pretty upset these days. Uh, but he hasn't been around the media. And uh, I haven't really seen him on the field uh, before the game. I, Last year, I saw him all the time on the field before the game, especially after you fired Matt Rule. And I haven't seen him so far this year through uh, the first two games. So I have to kind of pay attention to that and see what's going on with that. Uh, and and it's it's funny that we bring up kind of passing off the, the play calling duties because usually when a quarter or a head coach turns over the play calling duties to an assistant, they talk about spending more time focusing on clock management and big picture, and they have a little bit more time to focus on that sort of thing. <laughs> Uh, could this be killing two birds with one stone where maybe the offense gets a little bit more pep and then Frank Reich has more time to focus on the clock management because, uh, you know, I haven't heard an adequate defense for what happened at the end of the first half. Yeah, no, and uh, you're absolutely right with that. That would kill two birds with one stone because his clock management um, has not been very good so far. It, it Sometimes in some situations it feels like Frank Reich has not been a head coach in the NFL before. We know that he had five years, or well, almost five years with the Indianapolis Colts. Um, and so it, it's just, it was very interesting. And he also admitted fault today um, for what happened at the end of the first half, said he should have called the timeout and uh, preserved some time. Maybe he could have made it a little bit easier for Eddie Pinheiro, who had to have a career <laughs> kick to even make that, right? So uh, that was 56 yards uh, on, on that make. So um, it was, I think that if he can pass some of that along, and let uh, Thomas Brown kind of worry about some of that stuff, then he can worry about those in-game situations and those other adjustments. Because uh, right now it's, it's just he's getting out-coached by everybody else that's on the field. And, yeah, I mean, you have some decent coaches that's out there. Pete Carroll, of course, been a coach for a long time in the NFL. But uh, if you're Frank Reich, you should look like you, you belong. And, and right now I don't know if it looks like he belongs. Chris Lee connecting with us on the Heaster Automotive Group Hotline. Was there any room in any of these media availabilities for praise for the defense? Because, you know, if you draw a line between offense and defense, the defense did pretty darn well. Uh, there's definitely praise for the defense. I think, um, you know, that's uh, temp tempered a little bit just because, you know, they um, weren't very good in their run defense yesterday. But the defense got off the field for the most part, right? Like the Minnesota Vikings – uh, we're third in offense heading into yesterday's game, and they held that offense to 14 points. Now, the, the, of course, we know the, the other seven points came from the fumble from Bryce Young, but defense pretty much did their job. So also you get the pick six. You also have uh, the Kamu Grugier Hill interception, which led to uh, the, the field goal. So the defense helped you generate basically 10 of your 13 points. The offense only really scored three on their own. 
So it was honestly really Minnesota Vikings offense 14, Carolina Panthers defense 10. Like, that's pretty <laughs> good to me in my eyes. Even with all the injuries that you have, Shaq Thompson not being there, Xavier Woods not being there, uh, and, and just, uh, you know, Brian Burns hasn't, you know, really uh, looked good since the first game against Atlanta. So uh, even with all that, I think the defense has, has pretty much done a good job uh, with it. Uh, they definitely need to work on their run defense because a better team who's better than the Minnesota Vikings uh, would, will be able to exploit that um, in the weeks coming up. And you won't see uh, 38 minutes for a time of possession for the Carolina Panthers. It might be the other way around if they can't stop the run. Uh, you bring it up. Detroit this week, Miami next week, then a bye. Are, are we, fingers crossed, hoping week eight maybe for a win? Like, uh, if they're going to get off this schneid, <laughs> how far are we looking into the future? You know, uh, initially coming into the season, I looked at uh, week five as a potential win for the Carolina Panthers because of what they did against the Detroit mm. Lions on Christmas Eve. They literally had the best offensive output in franchise history under an interim head coach after they traded away Christian McCaffrey. Like, think about that, right? <laughs> and uh, and this is pretty much, you know, I mean, of course, there's been some additions. But for the most part, this is pretty much the same uh, Lions team. And it just feels like this is going to be a completely different game. Uh, and the Lions can potentially uh, win this in a blowout. So um, it's, it's going to be interesting to see how they handle that uh, this coming week. And then also like the Miami Dolphins, you know, they just got they had a crazy blowout for themselves and they just got blown out. So they're going to be on the up and up the next couple of weeks. So, uh, yeah, week eight, let's keep our fingers crossed because <laughs> it's really looking like 0-6 heading into the bye right now. Chris, we appreciate you for taking the time and uh, keep cranking out all the good work you do at Dennis over there with the Panthers Playbook Podcast. Thanks, man. Good to see you, bro. Thank you for listening to the Best of the Drive podcast. I'm Tim Donnelly here with Coach Pete of Capital Financial Advisory Group. Coach, is it still true that a million is enough to retire on? Tim, maybe and maybe not. The most important thing is to get a real plan that gives you income you never outlive. We'll give that away to the next 10 people. Call right now. The number to call, 800-691-3215. Text TIM to 600-700 if you're interested in texting. Once again, that phone number is 800-691-3215 or text TIM to 600-700 for that deal. The Panthers have supposedly an all-star coaching staff. Allegedly. I think that, like, they spared no expense. I have to be honest. I look at the names on their coaching staff. I think they have an all-star coaching staff. Yeah. They spared no expense. Like, obviously, Dave Tepper was willing to put his money where his mouth was. No salary cap on coaching staff. So who's going to tell David Tepper that that very expensive, very all-star coaching staff is out there making rookie coaching mistakes? I wouldn't want to be that guy. I wouldn't want to go to the billionaire and say, hey, those millions you spent, yeah, playing like rookies, coaching like rookies. The clock management at the end of the first half is the, the type of stuff that should make coaches shudder. Like, ooh, I can't believe I did that. Like most of us feel when you 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 your uh, like Facebook tells you about a, a, a status you posted in 2008, hmm. and you're just like, "What did I say this time?" Like that's how bad you should feel. Why did I think that was cool? The clock management at the end of the half was terrible. Thielen was tackled. Adam Thielen, right? So let's actually let's just let's run through it. Okay, they needed to get into field goal range. They get the ball. They need to get into field goal range. They have, whatever, a little less than a minute. You talking about after Gruje Hill's interception? Yes. 
34 seconds left is when he took over. 34 seconds. They actually complete a very nice ball to Thielen down the middle. Yeah. Like a, about 14, 15 yards. One of the better plays we saw from the offense. Yeah. He's tackled with 28 seconds left. Mm-hmm. They have two timeouts. Yep. They do not have a double play call. This is not what we used to call lightning. This is not where coming off the sideline you called two plays and you're like, hey, if he's tackled in bounds, on the ball and run it. So they're sitting around fidgeting, trying to figure out what to do. They're figuring out where to line up. And all while this is happening, uh, if if we had Chris Berman, he would be saying, tick, 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 tick. Mm-hmm. Clock's just winding. The next play is snapped at 12 seconds. That is atrocious. Mm -hmm. That is 16 seconds wasted when another five yards would have helped a lot. Another 10 yards would have helped a ton. Don't even get me started about 15 yards, how much that would help the kicker, or even maybe bring into the the, the possibility of going for seven. That's that's what I was thinking is that, wait, if if you call the timeout at 28 seconds, you still have one more. You still have the timeout you need to, with three seconds left, get the kicker out there. And Thielen was in plus territory mm-hmm. around the 40-yard the line. So the 40-yard line of, of Minnesota, that's plenty of time to at least give you at least one shot at the end zone. At least one. Exactly. You took that away from yourself. Took it away from yourself and, and ended up kicking the field goal and went, by the way, Eddie Pinheiro, I hope the coaching – I hope Frank Wright got him, like, a nice bottle of wine or a watch <laughs> or something because drilling – what was that? It ended up being 50-plus. 56. 50, it ended up being a super long field goal. If he doesn't make that, the timeout usage becomes a big story. He makes it so it doesn't become a big part of the story, mm-hmm. which is why Eddie Pinheiro should get a nice gift. He should yes. He should get, like, a Wednesday off or something. There you go. Uh, no, he shouldn't. He should, he should be kicking on Wednesdays. So I, I shouldn't have said that. Um, and then they took a timeout with him. Yeah. They took it like a souvenir. They went full Roy Williams here. They just said, I, I like this one. I'm going to frame it on my wall. Keep it. Then, the, okay, so that's that's one rookie mistake. Another, in the postgame, Frank Reich admitted that he had to call a timeout because he had a he had a play call that could only go to Thielen, and Thielen wasn't available. Here's Frank Reich. One or two of those, um, you know, we just got to operate a little bit faster. There's one that I called a play for Thielen. And then I realized he was out, and I didn't know he was out. I didn't know he was out fast enough. It was a play that could only go to Thielen, so I had to change the call. And we ended up that was the one we had to call a timeout on. What? Mm-hmm. That is embarrassing. It is embarrassing on your team's preparation that there was no one on the field that could look to you and go, "No, no, no, I got this. I can do what the thirty-three-year-old that runs a four-seven forty can do. Save the timeout." Let me run the play, says LaVisca Chenault, says DJ Chark, says any other wide receiver on the field. It's embarrassing on your team's preparation that you didn't trust them in that situation. I think it's also bad as well for a rookie quarterback that, hey, your only look is just this one guy. Like, does that help Bryce, in my opinion? Because last time I checked. I assume if, it was a screen. I hope I'm it, was, assuming a, I it hope was a screen. screen. I'm assuming it was a screen. Uh, but It wasn't a one and run. Yeah. But oh, if you're if you're only calling plays for one specific person, how do you expect a young quarterback to learn how to go through progressions and read defense, whatever it might be? I don't know. It's just their offense is so predictable. It's like, well, yeah, if you're only calling plays for one guy. And, and do you know what else it is? It's embarrassing that he didn't realize that's something that he should keep to himself. 
Yeah. It's embarrassing that he didn't realize, like, I shouldn't say this at the podium. Even if it's true, it's embarrassing that it's true. It's more, it's like, it reminds me of the, the, the moment in the big short where they're like, I don't get it. Why are they, why are they confessing to us? Yeah. And they're like, I think they're bragging. It's yeah. like, they, they don't realize they're confessing right now. It's like, he was up there going like, yeah, you know, that, that one I can explain. It's like, oh no, no, no. Don't explain. Don't explain. <laughs> don't tell us why you called that timeout. Keep that with you to your grave. Just say, hey, you know, we didn't have the personnel out there that we wanted. Uh, you know, okay. things got crazy. We were a little confused. I just wanted to call a timeout regroup. Goodness gracious. Know what, know what lies to tell, Frank. You're not under oath at the podium. You don't get sworn in before you stand up there. By the way, he did admit today that he made a mistake in not calling a timeout after that feeling catch with 28 seconds left. We know. It's like, <laughs> we know. Well, yeah, something you still screwed it up. Don't need to be. I'd rather you not make the mistake than make the mistake and be really good at taking accountability. Well, yeah, there's I, that. I'll say that.